Welcome back to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, Weber State Athletics' official podcast. I'm Paul Grua for Weber State Athletics. We're obviously facing an unprecedented time in our history, and we want to take the opportunity to still try to have some content and have you hear from our coaches, from our student-athletes, from our staff about how things have affected them and how things are going at Weber State and Weber State Athletics. So over the next few weeks, we plan on doing more and more podcasts and also some content on social media and other ways for you to engage and and hear from our coaches and from our student athletes. We also want to hear from you. We want you to subscribe to our podcast and also send us an email or or some comments. WeberStateSports at gmail.com is an email address that you can uh, give some thoughts as well, uh, if anything you'd like to hear from us. Today we hear from Coach Jay Hill and his wife Sarah Hill. Coach Hill, of course, the head coach of the Wildcat football team, has transformed the program over the last few years. We'll hear from him, and we'll also hear from Coach Hill's wife, Sarah, about her, uh, her health, as well as her involvement with the team and, and the important role that she plays with the team. We'll also uh, hear from, uh, from both of them about a trip to Fiji that they've had the last couple of years and some services they've done there and how that's impacted them, as well as talk a little football with Coach Hill. Coming up on the Cattails podcast, the head coach of Weber State football team, Jay Hill, and his wife, Sarah Hill. Uh, Jay and Sarah, thanks so much for, for joining us today. We're excited to talk to you. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Thanks for having us. Right. Well, let's start with how things are right now. The world is in a, in a pandemic that perhaps we've never seen, certainly in our lifetime, and how it's impacted everybody. Uh, Jay, how has it impacted, well, both, we'll start with both of you, Jay and Sarah. How has it impacted you guys personally and your family? Well, as far as the family goes, uh, I've been able to kind of disappear and go do work still most of the time or most days, go up to my office, get stuff done uh, with video and some preparation that we'll be doing for next fall. Uh, I think Sarah's become a teacher uh, more than just a mom. Now she's a teacher as well. So um, I don't want to answer for her, but uh, I know that's been added to her role. You're a homeschool teacher, Sarah. I am homeschool teacher and psychologist and <laughs> trying to navigate through all the feelings that come from um, kids ages 20 to eight and figuring out what this means in their own lives for each of their kids, uh, each of our kids' lives has been um, an interesting challenge as well. But it's been fun to see them grow and navigate through it and and so far they've done a really good job there's been some talk about how this will impact things going forward even when everything's kind of back to i guess normal but there are some things that maybe we're doing now that that maybe we'll embrace and maybe spending more time with family and even doing some things remotely that that might be able to be okay uh in the future too uh what do you guys think how how, how do you think you'll be different after all this well, a good example, last night we went to go for a hike, and it was late. It was probably 4.45. We were going on a evening hike, and on our way up to the trailhead for Malin's Peak, there must have been four or five families just out walking around, and you can tell they're just trying to get out of the house and spend time together. But I definitely believe that that's going to strengthen society, just uh, strengthening the family and spending more time together. I think the ability to rely on the local businesses and to support them is going to be a huge positive that comes out of this. Uh, anyway, I, I'm a firm believer that you can find the positive in any situation. 
absolutely. Well, you started spring football in in mid March, early March. You you got a couple practices in, and then and then everything kind of happened, and it happened so fast, and it was changing so much of what you could and couldn't do. But boy, how's that impacted your team now, and and everybody kind of gone their own direction now, and and how how you guys adjusted to to spring ball right now? Well, it's changed things drastically. We were only two practices in; everything else got suspended from then, and. Now we're going to be able to do nothing until at least May 15th, they say. Uh, so it'll, it's affecting us, but it's affecting everybody. And uh, I think, like I just said, if we can find the positives in this, we can find a way to unite the team somehow, some way, uh, we'll get through it. Uh, I do like where the team was at when we left. Uh, there were a lot of questions that were being answered. Um, so I like the team that we have coming back. I just can't wait to get out there and compete with them again. How are, how are you able, you and your staff, able to keep in touch with, with the players and kind of monitor what they're doing from, from a distance? Well, we're becoming masters of Zoom and being able to do some <laughs> video, video conferencings with our players. And, um, yeah, I, I have our coaches contacting players regularly, some guys every day. Uh, whether it be through text or phone call or, uh, you know, some kind of FaceTime. Bottom line, we're trying to keep in regular contact with our players, at least the assistant coaches are. And then Sarah does a good job where she'll contact wives or keep up through uh, with social media. Um, anyway, she's consistently involved with the team as well through other avenues. Yeah, I want to talk more about Sarah and how you're involved with the with the team in a little bit too. Uh, in 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 general, what how important is spring ball? And and I, I realize that everybody's you know kind of in the same boat, but missing spring camp, what effect do you think that will have on on you and other teams? Well, I don't know. It it might not be quite as sharp the first game or two. Uh, you're still going to be developing some young players. You know, your quarterback, especially if he hasn't played a lot of football, is one that can really benefit from spring ball. So uh, those are things that you worry about. But quite frankly, everybody's worried about that right now. And I don't see one team necessarily getting a huge advantage over another one because we are, we're all under similar rules right now. Right. You uh, just the other day issued a goatee challenge uh, to everyone. Uh, where did that come from, and, and what do you, you hope to accomplish through that? I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I shaved my face, and I don't really ever have facial hair, but I, I don't know if I was in a hurry or just bored, but I left a little bit of a goatee, and it grew a little longer, and then I was out on a run with my kids one night, and I just stopped mid-run and recorded it and got the – feeling we needed to do something positive in the world, post something positive. And, and I, I'm a firm believer we can make something really positive out of this situation. And so uh, I really, more than anything, was issuing it to myself and to the team to let's, let's find a way to make this month a positive with all the crazy crap going on and all the negativity and all the fear that's out there. I believe we can make this um, – to be a great month so yeah that's where it came from I'm not a much of a facial hair guy but we'll see how long and crazy this thing gets in the next month 
Sarah, what do you think? You want to go deep on him? <laughs> Sarah's growing her leg hair. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. I, <laughs> I don't know about my leg hair, but um, I think it's an awesome way to um, see on the daily to make uh, this month the greatest of all time and the goatee fits that and um, a clever little uh, way to inspire and have it be a daily reminder. Well, and I've got, I've, I've got the players doing it as well. And I think this is a great way to keep them united. And I think as they start sharing their uh, goatees and they start uh, competing with who's as fancier or crazier or whatever it is, I think it will be a good way to keep them united and at least feel like they're in this together with somebody. Yeah, for sure. You know, they, part of our, our challenge now is just to try to, to create some content and keep people and keep the fans engaged. And, and like you said, keep the players and team engaged too. So this will be a great thing. So you're encouraging fans to share their videos and share their story of, of what they're doing this month, right? A absolutely. I want to see them. I want, I want to hear their positive experiences they're having, not just with their goatee growing, but, you know, what, what are they doing to stay united as a family? What are they doing to spend time? Uh, what are they doing to find ways to get toilet paper? I, whatever it is, just something positive that comes out of this month. Absolutely. And we should say just a few weeks ago, you celebrated a birthday too. Happy birthday for that. Another year. <laughs> yeah. At my age, I don't know what age that is where uh, all of a sudden birthdays don't necessarily become a positive, but uh, when you're younger, they're always so fun and exciting. You get older and it's almost like uh, you want to go the other way. Yeah. And Sarah, I, I think I saw a video where he received some special paper uh, for his birthday. Is that right? <laughs> yep. It was probably uh, the highest valued gift that he's gotten in a long time. <laughs> right? Probably very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. It's not very often you get excited about getting toilet paper for your birthday, but this is one of those years. There you go. Well, before all this uh, began and all this craziness kind of hit, the two of you took a trip and Actually, it was the second time that you went to Fiji and you went to a, for a humanitarian visit through Weber State. Uh, when I talked to you both last year about it, uh, I think separately, you both, you both used the word life-changing, that it was a life-changing trip. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about what it was and what it was for, and, and then let's talk a little bit about how it impacted you. So we had met with Jeremy um, on, oh, probably about nine months before. Jeremy Farner, <coughs> who was, um, who's the, uh, he, he's part of the construction management at Weber State and runs these programs with Weber State where they go out and they do projects. Um, I don't know if they're humanitarian projects, but they're projects to help other communities. They're humanitarian projects. And, and he had mentioned a couple that he had been, a, um, had worked on and I had watched a video for another class of mine that had showcased that um, a little documentary and I said that's what I want to do I am excited about this he told us about Fiji and um, that was the only thing on my Christmas list that year so Jay decided that um, it would be something that he would make significant sacrifices for <laughs> um, and we went for 
um, 15 days the first time in 2019. And it, it was life-changing. It was um, actually over what they call your rebirth day um, when you have a bone marrow transplant. Um, you receive your stem cells and that's your rebirth day. So it was um, something that it had been two years since I had my transplant and to be healthy enough to travel to Fiji and to build the classrooms we were able to build and to be in the village and participate in their traditions and their culture and to make and build relationships that were absolutely life-changing. The culture is one that is so happy and um, with little, little uh, materialistic things, but family and the village family, the community, the sense of community was very important. And having um, uh, one particular member of the village, Mika, who really provided the full experience and um, kind of led the, the village, um, us through the village and experiencing from house to house to um, schools and allowing us to visit the different churches and um, experience to the fullest. Um, it was absolutely life-changing. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, I'd just say the, the Polynesian culture has been huge for me in football and just some of my closest friends are Polynesian. So to go and experience what they always talk about as their villages back on the island and to see what that really meant was huge for me. And there, there truly is not a happier people that I've ever witnessed or experienced than the Fijian people. And they're just, they're happy. They love life. They love each other. They help each other. And quite frankly, when they wake up each day, what they eat is what they farm and what they either kill as a chicken or a cow or what they catch that day is what they eat. They don't have refrigeration. They don't, they don't put a bunch of stuff in on the shelf. It's just what they farm that day is what they eat that day. And uh, I loved the simplicity of the lifestyle. I think it's something, quite frankly, that we as Americans can learn a lot from where you don't have to have the newest, greatest iPhone to be happy. There's uh, a lot more important things in life. That's amazing. Uh, and you must have liked it so much and it impacted you so much that you want to do it again and a few months ago. And, and this time you took your family. Is that right? We did. And it was it was something that Sarah and I and the other instructors and students the first time we went talked about where you know they, they don't have mirrors they don't get into competitions about who's got the newest nicest car or how they look every day it's 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 name a, brands yeah name brands and clothing and all that it's just not something they get into that's not the importance of life the importance of life is family education um relationships so rugby yeah sports are important there but we, so we wanted our our children to see that that you, you don't have to have the greatest room or the newest scooter or whatever it is to be happy you make life what it is and you're happy because you decide to be happy and because of the people you're around so we wanted our kids to see it we took them they loved it 
I believe it was very life-changing for them. And they witnessed the people in a culture that was special to them just as we saw it the first time. Yeah, what an amazing experience. And I think you even tried to do a little rugby over there, right, or teach a little bit of rugby. I don't know if that's close to football, but you tried to do a little bit, right? Well, so my name over there is American football. That's all they knew me by is American football. And so, you know, in the afternoons, we, we would work most of the time in the morning and then in the evening. Uh, in the afternoon for lunch breaks and stuff, we'd go down and play rugby with the kids or I would try to teach them how to throw it American football uh, style or how we throw it here. And they just, they love sports. They love to get outside in the community there on Wednesdays, the whole community comes together and they do a sports day for about an hour and a half where the whole village comes and plays volleyball or soccer or whatever they're doing. And they all play the women, the men, the kids. And it's, it's fun to watch them just be happy and, find ways to have fun what a neat experience and i'm sure impacted on your on your kids just to see that different culture and uh I, I i i'm sure it had a huge impact on them too oh they they did and and they loved it and uh quite frankly we got away from this coronavirus craziness for a while because when it really started taking off we didn't even know you don't i mean you don't have great cell service there we for sure weren't looking at our phones all day. And so when we got back into Wi-Fi, um, you know, it was kind of crazy to see the world starting to get fearful about what this coronavirus was becoming. Because um, quite frankly, we missed the first seven days of it, of yeah. the craziness. Well, what, a, what an amazing experience uh, to, to hear about that, that you went and did it twice and, and it'll something you'll always remember. Uh, Sarah, you mentioned a little bit about your health. Let's, let's talk about that. I know Coach Hill, you get asked about that a lot and, and I'm sure, Sarah, you do, you do as well. How are you doing and, and how's your process and recovery been? Um, it's been slow, but it's been good. I'm uh, feeling really, really great right now. I um, wish I wasn't so deconditioned and um, wish I had a little more lung capacity. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get it back to 100%, but um, last test I had was my lungs function at 70%, 73%, and um, just trying to uh, continue to gain strength, muscle, and uh, cardiovascular strength but other than that there's no evidence of disease they haven't um, I haven't rung a bell I haven't done anything saying I'm cancer free um, but at this point we consider myself cancer free and um, May 20 something is the day of I had my stem cells back so it will be three years um, this May since my stem cell transplant and then um, my last dose of chemo was in October of 2017. So in October, it'll be three years since my last dose of chemo. And we're just happy to be on, on this side of it. The, the past four years have been crazy, but the resounding or the um, theme that keeps coming up um, from my cancer diagnosis and treatment to Fiji to this coronavirus is to just slow down. 
um, when I was diagnosed, I just had to completely shift gears and slow down and, and heal. And we went to Fiji um, those past two times. And it was such a uh, obvious time of slow down. We don't have to go at a pace. We can stop for two hours in the middle of the day and have a lunch break because the power goes out and you can't work. Um, slow down and do what is most important. And once again, we're, we're here in this situation and we're forced to slow down and just focus on what's most important in our lives and what is the thing that um, will bring us happiness and joy. And it's an adjustment and it's a refocus, but consistently over the past four years, I keep finding this common theme of slow down. What's the most important thing? And it's not always what I want to do. And um, in our lifestyle and Jay's um, profession, you go a thousand miles an hour sometimes and it's um, very busy and um, it can be exhausting, but over and over we're, we have been forced to slow down and to uh, focus on the things that are most important and that being family yeah. and, and loved ones and community. Sure. And like you said, maybe that'll be some of the positives that will come from, from all this that we're experiencing now too. I hope so. I hope it will last. Absolutely. You know, it's been, it's been almost four years, four years in, in August when, when you were diagnosed and, um, and Jay, as you look back on that time, right during fall camp, right in the middle of fall camp, I mean, what will you always remember about about that that time of, you, of both of your lives that that you were dealing with all that? Well, I'll never forget that when she came into my office and told me was obviously crazy, and having to go right in and tell the staff that I had to switch practice around a little bit the next day because she was going in for her doctor's appointment and just trying to reshuffle things that year and get things back on track. Uh, most people don't remember, but after her cancer diagnosis, we started 0-2 that year. And um, at that point, I made, I made two goals. Uh, one of them in football was to somehow, some way, make the FCS playoffs. And we were 0-2, and, and we had had one winning season in the last five years. And so yeah, Weber State, and so to say we were going to go to the FCS playoffs was probably a pipe dream for most people. But that was the goal I set um, for the team. We were able to do it somehow, some way. We pulled it off. Uh, Sarah, as much as she was going through with herself and her treatments and everything, she was such a huge support of just everything that went on that year. And we made the FCS playoffs, and the next three years had the best three years in school history. So you can go through some crazy adversity and find a way to get better and get stronger. And, and our players and coaches have done that. And I couldn't be more happy with just the players and, and, and the focus and attention and the love that they've shown us and our family. Uh, they've been outstanding through this whole thing. Yeah, the whole process really brought the team, brought you guys, brought – the community, I think, I think together even more. And, and it's, it's played out obviously in the success, but uh, you know, Sarah, or Jay, you mentioned it earlier, I think too, how involved Sarah is with the, with the program, with the players, but also with the wives of the, of the coaches. So what does she mean to your program and, and, and her involvement? Well, she's everything. Uh, sometimes she thinks she's the head coach and I'm just the, the little 
peon running around doing the little unimportant stuff. And in a way, I think that's right. She keeps the players united. She keeps the wives of the coaches united. And the importance of that can't be understated. That's so important in the success of a program. And our players love her because they know she cares about them. Uh, she's constantly trying to do things to, to keep them united and keep them feeling like they do have a family here uh, with our football family. So I think that that's important. And the wives' dinners that she does every month and the birthday dinners that she does for the players and the candy bars on Thursdays, just everything she does, I think, is a huge part of our success. I know it is. Sorry, you obviously love it, and and you probably consider these you got a hundred extra sons out there, you know, each year. But <laughs> yep. it's it's obviously a huge part of of Jay's life. But because of that, it has to be a part of you, and you must love it too. I do, I definitely do, and um, it's hard to navigate through some of that as a coach's wife. And when you're a position coach's wife, you get to know um, five to ten players at a time but as the head coach's wives that's a lot more on your plate to try to figure out um, individual personalities and get to know a hundred players plus coaches wives and families and and so it's been a, a task but um, the support and the community that surrounded us through our own challenges really showed me that um, it's not an insurmountable task. And um, when there's genuine care and concern for people and their lives, um, it's, it just comes so naturally. And that's where uh, I feel the team and our, our Weaver State football community is at. It's just a genuine care and concern for uh, the wives and the players and um, drives itself and it's not really necessarily what I do but it's a perpetual motion that comes from that you try to travel also to most if not all road games as well and I want to know what what's it like what are you like to watch when you're watching a game when a game is played what are you like <laughs> um those that sit beside me um are kind of my buffer and I obviously watch the games but I like to have um uh, uh, be surrounded by people that I can just talk through the whole game. Um, sometimes I talk about the game. Some, a lot of times I talk about the individual players, like when so-and-so makes a tackle, I'll tell them um, a story about that cute player and what he did that week or what I had heard, or did you know that this is how strong that person is off the field? And so I like having people around me to keep, to keep from, from, really getting too emotionally uh, strained in it. Um, I don't, I try very hard not to worry. The last probably two or three playoff games, I, I get a little more nervous, um, but most of the time I don't. I do like to be outside watching the game. I don't like to be up in a box or behind glass because I can sense how Jay is feeling if I'm outside and watching him on the sideline and he's he's very um even kill until a ref makes a bad call or until a play goes wrong and if I can see his veins popping out I, I know where we're at or if I can see him kind of keep calm um I still am lobbying for a headset so that I can hear what's actually being said but um I don't know if I'll ever get one 
Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe you could call some plays too. Yeah. Well, that's what I, you know, sometimes I just need to tell them what to do. Right. <laughs> you can usually sense though, if you, if you, I mean, how much do you want, you watch him and you can sense how his stress level or, or what he's thinking. absolutely. I, I watch him and I watch him, his pace up and down the field. I see how the players are handling things. And, and one of my favorite things is the first year that we were here, players would engage more in the crowd and when offense was on the field defense was on the bench sitting down or just talking to each other and very quickly within that first season Jay had turned that around to where the entire team is engaged in the game the entire time and watching them as a group those players on the sidelines following the ball up and down the field engaged completely engaged in what their teammates are doing has been um thrilling and chilling for me it's just amazing to see that turnaround and the the excitement that they have for each other as teammates and the love they have for each other and the genuine excitement as as both offense and defense succeeds um uh, it's fun to watch. I love, I love being in the stands and I really try hard to make it to every single away game um, and would never miss. Um, if, if, if I can, I go to every single one. Yeah. There's nothing like for both of you. There's nothing like those Saturday Saturdays in the fall that how, however many 11, 12 plus games, however many you get, there aren't very many and there's nothing like those. You're right. That's why you do it all, Jay. And, you know, Jay, what are you like on game day before the game, before the game gets actually going? What's it like for you? Oh, just, I don't know. I stay, I try to stay pretty calm. Jay doesn't have very many highs and he doesn't have very many lows. He's just very even kill. So even like occasionally you'll see him jump up and, you know, for an exciting win. But for the most part, he does not get too high and he doesn't get too low. So, uh, the stress doesn't really get to him, but the excitement, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so I, I, try to, I try to go for a run, for, especially if it's a night game. I'll go for a run during the day. Um, I read on game day. I, I try to watch a little bit of just last-second film just to kind of get my mind in the right spot. But I, I truly believe the coaches that lose are the ones that are emotional wrecks. And so I try not to be that. I try to be even keel and let the players do what they're supposed to do without getting in their way. Yeah. What do you like after the game? How, how much, how much does it take you to unwind whether a win or loss, but how, how do you unwind after a game? It does. That's hard for me. I have a hard time sleeping at least right after. So I'll usually go home and, uh, Sarah's great with this that I'll get a Mountain Dew and whatever we decide to eat that night and I'll sit on the couch and just unwind watching Sports Center if it's really late and there's no games on or, or pick a game that I want to watch after ours and just kind of unwind and chill and um, and then after a while I can usually go to bed and every once in a while we'll have a loss that will make it very very hard to go to sleep that night but you figure a way through it well let's talk a little football here as we as we kind of wrap the things up a little bit you've transformed the, the program from where you started you've been here six years now going on your seventh year 
and you've really transformed the program with three straight titles and four straight FCS playoff appearances made to the semifinals last year as well. Uh, as you look back on those, on this past year, you know, going into the year, did, did you expect, did you have, what kind of expectations did you have for this, this past year? About what we did. Uh, we were young, uh, very young last year. We were breaking in a, a completely new secondary. We were breaking in two, two starting linebackers. Uh, we were pretty young. And for the first time, we were young on defense, where we had been young on offense prior to that. We were young on defense. So I had hoped we could bring them around the way we did. Uh, but the one thing we have, we have enough talent. We have enough players that are bought in. Uh, so it was fun to see a young crew excel and try to figure it out. And I mean, there, there were times in that San Diego State game, we had three true freshmen in, in the secondary and played that way throughout the year. So to watch them play how they did and, and to have the success we had was uh, very satisfying. As you look back, if I give you a mulligan on anything, would, would there be something that you'd want to have another chance at? Last year? Yeah. Oh, the way we started the James Madison game. Um, I, I, would, I would call the last play of the, of the first half of James Madison different. That was my fault. Uh, that would be a mulligan I'd won over. Uh, we got the Montana game over, so that was a huge mulligan that I, I did get, um, or we got as a team. So that was huge. Uh, you know, and that's, that's one that I think the team wanted. I know the team wanted, right? You wanted another chance after losing up there. You wanted another chance to have them here in Ogden. Well, I remember, and I think you were in the room when I, when I said it, but when we went into the locker room after the first Montana game, I just said, I, I don't care what just happened, but if you love each other and you, you care one ounce for me as your coach, just do me one favor, get us Montana again. Get us that game. And I kind of felt like if we won out from then on, if we won out and Montana won out, we were going to match up again somewhere, some way. And uh, it happened. So. And that had to have been such a memorable night. It was it was a cold, late Friday night game on national TV, but the defense plays so well, and that's that's going to be and, – and it was to get to the semifinals, which was another big step in the program, and it has to go down as one of the, one of the most memorable in, in, you've, in your career, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, to get us back to James Madison, which was huge, that was another shot that we wanted again, and – there's been so many huge memories over the last couple of years that we've created. This is just a special place. Well, it is a special place. You've had opportunities, obviously, to, to go elsewhere. And your name is mentioned every time there's a job opening, which is probably a good thing, I guess. But I'm sure challenging, too. And how have you managed to, to deal through all those things, all those names and rumors that are out there? Well, that's part of the job. There's always going to be rumors. There's always going to be things that happen. And uh, luckily, I have players that, and coaches that trust me and know that we'll do what's best. And um, support's been outstanding here. So, I mean, there's always going to be rumors in this profession. And there's going to be opportunities. And, but for both of you, Sarah and Jay, what, what's it going to take uh, to have you to leave Weber State? <laughs> 
I don't know. That's that's a loaded question we've been getting for six <laughs> years for six years now. And the reality is, you don't know. Uh, but there's been a lot of cool things come along, and it, they haven't swayed us away. So you never know. Um, when it's right, it's right. When we took the yeah. job to Weber State, it was one of those things on paper. It didn't make sense. Um, a lot of people question, what are you doing? Why would you take a pay cut? Why would you do X, Y, or Z um, to go to Weber State to uh, be the head coach? And both Jay and I just could not deny that it was what we were supposed to do and where we were supposed to be. And um, every season so far, has been a testament to that. And I say, as soon as I stop getting goosebumps about talking about Weber State's future, then it's probably time to go. And I still get goosebumps. So we're here for, <laughs> for at least another <laughs> season, right? There you go. And hey, I realize that's, that's a hard one to answer, uh, what it's going to take. But, but we realize that your name is going to be mentioned. And that's, that's a good thing for, for you and for the program because of the success that you've had. As you well, look forward to this upcoming year. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say it is success. Success is what we want. And um, that's all I, that's all I care about is I care about the players. I care about the program and everybody being successful and the coaches, the assistant coaches and their families. And that's what we've done. And we will continue to do that. Well, as you look forward to the 2020 season, which we hope will be able to get back to things normal soon you've got a lot of returners uh, especially on the offensive side a lot of uh, returning experience and and a lot on defense too uh, what do you uh, what do you look for what do you expect for this season well we've got to develop in a couple areas our young secondaries got to continue to develop they're very talented they just got to keep getting experience our quarterbacks are talented, but there's no very little experience in that group right now with Constantine leaving. And but there's a ton of talent, you know, Caden uh, Jenks, Weiser, uh, Taryn Berry. Those guys were doing a great job through the first two practices this spring. I was getting excited at the direction of the offense. They looked probably the best they've looked since I've been here. Those two practices, so. There's so many exciting things to look forward to this year. Uh, we do have a veteran team. These guys know how to win. They know the expectations. And I would suspect that we're going to have another great year. Absolutely. It all begins here September at Wyoming. And, uh, and another, another challenging schedule also with the road game at Northern Iowa, who was a top 10 team last season also. Uh, you know, you get asked a lot about the quarterback. You mentioned that. Uh, but you feel confident with, with the quarterbacks that you have, oh. right? Oh, yeah. And Coach Hammer's doing a great job with those guys right now. Uh, I, I, love, I love the personality of the group right now. We get one more coming off a of mission, Bronson Barron, who just got home with this new crazy mission deal. We, we're excited about his ability and what he was when he left. Um, anyway, bottom line, that group's going to be fine. There's a lot of great players in that group. For sure. And you have a, a, a great staff as well that you're developing into – great uh, great coaches that have gone on to some many have gone on to other other jobs as well but you're developing that uh, upcoming staff also and Matt Hammer takes over as, as the offensive coordinator as you mentioned uh, you know as we as we wrap it up a little bit you, you mentioned at the start that you, you just want to focus on being positive at this time and and making this a, a, a memorable time and as you said the greatest month that, that we can ever have 
uh, what's your, your, both of your final message, I guess, to the Wildcat mm -hmm. fans and, and uh, to your team out there? A final message. Um, just love and support everybody. Be authentic to who you are and who you love and, um, and take care of each other. Well, my message would be just be healthy, be smart. I mean, they're asking us to uh, practice social distancing right now. Do it. Um, the, I believe if we just come together close as a, as a community, as a nation, and just do what we're asked to do right now, we'll have this thing behind us here soon. And we'll move on. And I really believe that the economy and the trust in our country will come back fast and the economy and the markets and all that stuff will rebound. And they'll look back on this and say, we understand the scare and we understand the pandemic and all that stuff. But that doesn't take away our creativity. It doesn't take away the success that we should have in the future. So the markets should rebound quickly. For sure. Well, thanks again, both of you for your time today and for, for talking about uh, your experiences and your, and your stories, especially uh, Sarah with, with you as well. And we appreciate it and we hope to all be back soon and uh, having a great summer and, and fall camp will start here in August. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs>